Welcome to the Beacon Church Podcast. Each week we post a sermon from our last Sunday service so you can catch up, review, or share with your friends. We pray as you listen to this week's episode, you're encouraged and equipped to love God, love people, grow in Christ, and serve the world. So, Thanksgiving is happening on Thursday. That snuck up on me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that happened to anybody else, but I'm like, I can't quite register that Thanksgiving is already next week. And we'd love to take the Sunday before Thanksgiving and use it as an opportunity to give thanks. I know that's super original, but uh, it, it's one thing to talk about giving thanks. It's another thing to create an atmosphere where we get to do that. And so today, we're going to be creating an atmosphere where we get to give thanks together. Because I don't know if you ever noticed this, complaining comes naturally. Like, you don't even have to think about it. Complaining, it just flows out of you. You know, like, I ask you how you're doing, and, you know, you'd be like, oh, I'm doing fine. And then you, if you're going to add any details, it's probably the things that are wrong in your life, right? It's not going to be, like, the details about everything that's going swimmingly. Uh, but just complaining comes naturally, but thanksgiving and gratitude is a choice. It's something that we intentionally have to go out of our way to do. I uh, heard about a study recently. It was done like 50 years ago. And they took two groups of people and they offered them a treatment option for a fatal disease. All right? It was a hypothetical situation, but they offered a treatment option, same treatment option to both groups of people, but they framed the question differently for each one. For the one group, they framed it positively and they said, hey, if you take this treatment option, it has a, a 66% success rate. So two-thirds of the people that take this treatment survive. And overwhelmingly, the majority said, yeah, we'll do it. And they took the other group, and they framed it, and they said, just so you know, one-third of the people, like 33% of the people that take this treatment option still die. And overwhelmingly, the majority of that group said, no. Same treatment. One offered positively, one offered in the negative, and the negative just stuck in their mind. Well, I, I heard that somebody had redone this study and they took it a step further, all right? And so they, they did the first part all the same, all right? But then they took the two groups, they invited the groups back in, and for each one, they flipped it. So the group that was framed negatively, and they, they said, hey, you know, 33% of the people died. The people who said, no, I don't want the treatment, they said, just so you know, 66%, two-thirds of the people who did this survived. And so they reframed it in the positive but they still kept their original choice. But then they went to the other group where it was framed positively, the group that originally heard, hey, two-thirds of the people survive, and they reframed it negatively and said, oh, just, just to let you know, a third of the people who do this still die. And the majority of those people switched. And they said, oh, no, actually, I don't, I don't think I want the treatment option anymore crazy. Same thing. Just the way it's framed in our minds. Our minds have this, this tendency to want to cling to the negative and hold on to it and filter out the good. And there's, there's something practical. There's actually something good about that at times, right? There's so much. There's so much stimuli in your life. Even in this moment, there are, are sights and sounds and smell, hopefully not too many smells, uh, but, uh, things that are, are in your world that you, aren't even, you don't even realize. Like your brain is just filtering these things out because if you were taking in all of that stimuli at the same time, constantly, you would go crazy. Like your brain just can't 
process that. And so even at a, you know, an unconscious level, your brain is filtering out all of this stuff, but our brains have a tendency to filter out the good and leave the negative. And, and there is something practical about that because imagine, imagine you hear the ice cream truck. Uh, not this time of year, hopefully. Uh, but you hear the ice cream truck. You hear that sound, you're, you know, you're all excited. You're gonna go outside and cross the street. You get your ice cream, you're eating it, and it's delicious. And you walk back across the street. And as you're walking back across the street, you see a car barreling toward you. In that moment, in that moment, you might still have ice cream on your lips and you won't taste its sweetness. You might still hear the sound of the ice cream truck, but you won't, you won't even register that sound that a few moments ago got you so excited and got you out, out of the house, right? Your, your brain will actually filter out these details because in that moment, the only thing you need to know is there's a car barreling towards you. There's danger in that moment. And so your brain is doing you a favor and it's saying, hey, this is, this is unimportant information. This is what you need to focus on. But the problem is your brain is still filtering out so much of the positive stuff even when you're not in immediate danger, which means... There is a ton of really good and excellent and praiseworthy things in your life right now that you might not even be aware of. There's this, uh, this command in Philippians 4. I'm going to ask Eric to, to bring it up. In Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, bring your requests to God. Rejoice there. That's an imperative. That's a command. Say, this is what you need. You need to rejoice. He says, even, even in the midst of your anxiety, let it be intermingled with thanksgiving. And you notice there's no like caveats. There's no disclaimers. There's nothing in here that says, oh, by the way, rejoice if there's something worthy of rejoicing in in your life or give thanks as long as there's something worthy of thanksgiving in your life. No, no, no. It says rejoice in the Lord always in every situation. The, the assumption here is that wherever you are right now, there's cause for rejoicing. There's reason to give thanks but it's not gonna seek you out. You have to go find it. You have to be the one to take the initiative. And, and just so you know, the Apostle Paul, when he's writing this, he's writing it from a prison cell. So it's not like he's writing this from like a place of, you know, sitting on a lounge chair by the beach, okay? He's writing it from a really dark place and he's saying, now even here, there's so much cause for rejoicing, but you gotta go find it. And when you do, look at what the next verse says. It says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't you want that? Don't you want the peace of God, this transcendent peace to guard both your heart and your mind? And Paul is saying, when you, when you do this, when you Go out of your way to seek out the good, to rejoice in the Lord for all that's good in your life and to bring thanksgiving even in the midst of your anxiety that God is going to guard your heart and your mind with this transcendent peace. So th this morning, we're gonna take some time to go looking for the good in your life. 
We're going to have some time of reflection. And Pastor Max and Sarah, our student ministries coordinator, they're going to come out and guide us through some times of reflection over various parts of our lives, fears of our, our lives, to take stock of even in the midst of those things that maybe bring us anxiety, there's something good and excellent and praiseworthy. There's these little morsels in there that maybe our mind has been filtering out. But as we go out and find them, we have this cause to rejoice in the Lord. And we're going to put in this effort because, of course, complaining comes naturally. But gratitude is a choice. I want to give you just a, a couple of moments before Pastor Max comes out to just prepare your heart and your mind to dive into gratitude. Maybe you have some stuff that's weighing on you and not to trivialize it, not to say that it doesn't matter, just for a moment maybe to, in your mind, set it aside so that this can be a space of thanksgiving this morning. So take a couple of moments as you watch this video. recess, a teacher hands two of her students a small rock and a lollipop. She instructs them to walk across the yard and near a park and before they walk across the yard to put the small rock in their shoe. After the girls return, she asks them about their experience. Both of them mostly referenced how painful and uncomfortable the walk was with the rock in their shoe. Neither one of them spoke about the beauty of the park around them or of how sweet the lollipops were. It's so easy to see and focus on the wrong around us. And as we go about our lives, we can easily forget that we have so much to be grateful for in the midst of everything that's happening. Sometimes, even oftentimes, we have to intentionally look for the good. In Psalms 100 verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. 
give thanks to him and praise his name. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. I'll, I'll list a few spheres and a few categories in our lives. And what we're going to do together is we're going to intently reflect on these things that are excellent, that are praiseworthy, and that are worthy of thanksgiving to the king of the universe. Let's bow our heads together now. In the sphere of work and school, God, we bring this to your intention today. If you're working, what are the things related to work that you're thankful for? Whether it's small, whether it's significant, maybe it's the fact that you have work. If you're not working in the time that you commit on a daily basis, what can you give thanks to the king of the universe for today? If you're retired, if you own a business, what are the good and excellent and praiseworthy things that we can bring up before the Lord? into the area of our finances and material possessions? What are the unexpected ways that God has provided this day, this month, this year? What are the specific gifts that have been revealed? What are the beautiful things? What are the annoying things that we take for granted? We give thanks for our financial and material possessions. With family, our next stop, think about all those faces that we'll get a chance to see over this week. What are the moments in the past that you're thankful for? What are the memories of the loved ones who leave the empty space inside of us and an empty space at the table? What are the hopes we have for our family? What are the challenges, even in the struggle, that we can be thankful for? Even if you're suffering through a broken relationship, what brings you joy? What can you be thankful for? What can you say, God, thank you? With our friends and our social groups, the community that we live in, think about all those extended folks that we get a chance to connect with. God, we praise you. We thank you. What are the connections that make you smile? 
that lift your heart. Who are the people not bound by blood, but also bound by the blood of Jesus that pour into you? What are those small things that you love about them? Their quirks, their behaviors, their words, their attitudes. Who's someone that frustrates you that you can be thankful for today? Who's someone that's not on your A-list that you can be thankful for today? God, as we navigate through all these things together and as we enter this season of thanksgiving, help us to always remember why. Only because of the blood of Jesus spilled for you and I that we get a chance to know with confidence that you're there. We praise you, we honor you, and we thank you, Jesus. In his precious name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, hold on to these things that you've just prayed for, and we're going to sing a song of praise together. fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt praise the father praise the son praise the the lost to redeem the whole creation you did not despise the cross for even in your suffering you saw to the other side knowing this was our salvation Jesus for our sake you died Thank you. 
its breath Till that stone was moved for good For the Lamb had conquered death And the dead rose from their tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who come To the Father are restored And the church of Christ was born His blood and in His name, in His freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. can be seated as we move into a time of reflection again. Do you guys remember when you were a little kid and you could become the best of friends with someone over like the littlest things and you thought everything that that person did was just amazing? I remember when I was in second grade, I met a girl in my class, and we bonded over um, these shoe inserts that prevented blisters, because it was the late 90s, and patent leather loafers were like destroying feet everywhere. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but apparently they're like back in style, so good luck. Um, but from that day on, we were the best of friends. Like, I was friends with that girl through high school, all because of blister preventers. Because when we're little, we make friends easily, right? And we see all these amazing qualities that the people around us have, and we're really genuinely grateful for them. And then as we get older, something happens, right? We, we still appreciate the people that are in our lives, but not in the same, wow, you're so cool kind of way. And today, as we think about thankfulness, I want to take some time and encourage us to really be thankful for the people that God has placed in our lives. And I don't mean in the, I'm glad you're in my life kind of way, I'm glad you're here, but in that little kid's specific mindset of, wow, you're so cool because God made you like this kind of way. One of the things that I love reading in scripture is the way that Paul expresses his gratitude for the people of the early church when, when you see when you're reading his letters. He constantly tells the people and the early Christians how grateful he is for them and he prays for them consistently, right? He rejoices over them and the work that they're doing to expand the good news of, of 
Jesus, and he calls them to do the same thing for one another, to love, to pray, and to be thankful for one another. When Paul writes to the Philippians, he says this, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's good grace with me. God can testify how long, how I long for you and with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So Paul is just relishing over these people and he has so much joy. So when you guys came in this morning, you should have had a piece of paper and a pen on your seat. So if you could do me a favor and pull those out. Because I want us to take a couple of minutes to relish over the people that God has placed in our lives in very special and very specific ways. So we're going to take a couple of minutes, and I want you guys to list out some of the people in your lives on that paper and the things about them that God put in them and the way that God made them that brings you joy. Maybe it's how generous or how thoughtful they are, the way they listen or they see needs and they attend to them. Or maybe it's even the way they cook and keep you nourished. Would you take a couple minutes now and, and list those things on that paper? So that's probably pretty easy to do, and you guys had a lot to write down, right? Because all the people that came to your mind, that popped in your head, are people that bring you the most joy in your life. We're gonna do the exercise again, so you guys can flip over your papers. And this time I wanna encourage you to think about the people in your life that may not necessarily bring you the most joy that might be a little harder to relish over. They may be challenging 
or bring you frustration. Maybe there are people you tend to think more negatively of. But instead of focusing on those negative things, we're gonna change our view and, our, our, and our, we're gonna point out the, the more positive qualities that God has given to these people because they are there. Sometimes we just have to take the time to look at them in order to really appreciate it. Because just like the people that we wrote on the first side of the paper that we find joy in, these other people are also made in God's image and they possess these remnants of God's goodness within them and those things, they are more than worthy to give God praise for. So go ahead and give it a go, take a few minutes and work on the other side. All the people that God has placed in our individual lives are made in his image and in his likeness. And just like Paul had instructed the early Christians, we are also called to love, to pray, and to be thankful for one another. Would you pray with me? Father God, just thank you that you don't call us to be alone that you call us into community, that you place specific people in our lives at specific times. And I, I pray that you would give us eyes to see them the way that you see them, Lord, in your likeness, in your image, with, with qualities um, that come from you, that your goodness is, is there, even if it's remnants of them, that you would help us to see and to love them the way that you see and love them. I thank you for everybody in this room and that you've placed us in one another's lives. And thank you for our family, our friends. And we thank you that, again, you call us into community because you yourself are in community. We love you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hopefully, already, uh, your mind is being filled with a little more of the, the good, the excellent, the praiseworthy that's in your life as you are, are celebrating, rejoicing in the Lord. Uh, but in my opinion, we haven't even gotten to the good part yet. In uh, Ephesians 1, verse 3, Apostle Paul, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with, say it with me, every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. 
every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus has, like already done, every spiritual blessing is yours in Christ Jesus. And it's not like those earthly blessings, because even these earthly blessings, the ones we've been uh, just saying our, our, our appreciation for, they're, they're flimsy, right? They can, they can come and go, but these are spiritual blessings and they are protected. They are guarded in the heavenly realm so that they cannot be taken from you. And what I want to do is I want to take a few minutes to read over you just 12, all right? It's not every spiritual blessing, but, but a dozen of the spiritual blessings that you have in Christ so that we can just thank God and we can rejoice in the Lord on account of these good gifts, these blessings, these spiritual blessings secure for us in the heavenly realms. So if you want, you can close your eyes, you can open your eyes, do whatever, maybe even if you're comfortable, put your hands out as if you're just kind of receiving these things. But get this, before the creation of the world, before the sun began to burn or any other star in the sky began to shine, before there were mountains or rivers or oceans or anything like that, before any creature took its first breath, when it was just God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, just God and nothing. In that nothingness, before anything was made, God was already thinking about you. He had you in mind back then. And even way back then, he was already thinking and planning all the ways he was going to be weaving life together to ensure that you are his forever. Not a day has gone by since then that he hasn't thought about you and how you are going to be his I don't know what you think about yourself today, but I know what he thinks about you. He thinks you're a really big deal. He's been thinking that before the creation of the world. So just take a moment to rejoice. Praise God that he chose you before the creation of the world to be his in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say something that I've always wanted to say in a completely unironic way. And I've said it before, but only joking. Now I mean it. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord that before the creation of the world, he was thinking about you, planning to make you his. When scripture talks about you being his, it's not saying like that you're simply one of his possessions, like you're part of the spare change in his pocket or that old shirt that's like in the back of the closet that you forget that's even there. No, no, no. You are his special possession. His prized possession. Like there there are people in this life that think you're pretty cool. There's other people that could do without you. (laughs) But to be honest, most of the people that we interact with in life kind of just look right past us. They don't even realize we exist. But to God, you are his special possession, his prized possession in Christ Jesus. When he looks at you, he rejoices in you. 
Rejoice in the Lord. Praise God that you are his special possession. And it gets better because you're not just like a possession, but you're, you're actually like a useful possession. He said that you actually contribute something here. Like you might not feel like you're very good at things. Maybe you don't feel like you're contributing much to the whole, but he has called you a, a co-laborer in Christ. He's invited you into doing the work alongside of him that he is doing. He's made you an indispensable part of the body of Christ. He's created good things for you to do that only you get to do, nobody else gets to do. That you have a purpose and a calling. And so rejoice in the Lord and praise God that you get to be a co-laborer with Christ in the eternal purposes that he's working and it gets better <laughs> because being like a, a prized possession and even being useful might sound a little dehumanizing uh, but when God talks about you being a useful possession he's not thinking of you as like a servant or even like his top employee or as like some special pet no, no, no. we're told that he has adopted you as his son and daughter there's children he loves you as a, a father and, and we're told that he's pleased to call you his son or his daughter. That as he rejoices in you, he rejoices in you as a parent over their child who they love. So take a moment, rejoice in the Lord. Praise God for this love that he's lavished upon you, that you get to be a child of God. That's what you are. And it gets even better. Because <laughs> not only has he called you a child, he's also called you a friend. Like he wants to be your friend and not like friends on Facebook. Uh, no, like real friend. Like he wants to spend time with you and be with you, be present with you like a friend. And I don't know if you've ever considered what it would be like to be friends with certain VIPs in this world, whether they're celebrities or business geniuses or great minds throughout history. And you're like, oh, it'd be cool to be their friend. Well, the God who thought them up wants to be your friend. Can you just rejoice in that? Can you praise God that the creator of the universe wants to be your friend? And being loved as a friend is cool. Being loved by a parent is cool. But, but it gets better <laughs> because romantic love has a special kind of intensity to it, right? There's a reason why all the poems and the love songs and the movies are, are not about like friend love. They're about romantic love because there's just something powerful and intense about it. And we're told that God doesn't just love you as a father. He doesn't just love you as a friend, but he loves you as a, a husband loves his, his wife. And that he's been pursuing you with that kind of intensity. And Maybe you don't feel like the most lovable or most desirable person in the room right now, but can I tell you that the creator of the universe, he adores you. He yearns for you. He longs for you as a husband longs for his bride. 
can you just rejoice in the Lord that you're the bride of Christ? Praise God. And of course, he forgives you. Whatever it is that you've done, whatever it is that like has been weighing you down, whatever regrets you have, whatever guilt that you bear, whatever shame that you're, you're wearing right now, it's forgiven. Like forgiven, forgiven. He has forgiven. He'll continue to forgive you. That debt has been paid. It's gone. It's finished as if it never was. Removed from as far as the east is from the west. Whatever you've done wrong is gone in Christ Jesus. Can you just rejoice and give thanks to God that you have been forgiven and that now there is no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. And if you're feeling like, that's cool, that just brings me back to level zero. Now there's nothing wrong with me per se. Well, it gets better. Because <laughs> not only did Jesus pay for your sin, but he also gives you his righteousness, that you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ right now, that Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. He did everything right. He deserved every affirmation, every praise from the Father, every attaboy, everything done perfectly. And then he turned around and he said, hey, you get the credit for my perfect life. You're not just like back to zero. You're plus a hundred because you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Can you just rejoice for a moment and give thanks that when God looks at you, he looks at you in, in the same way that he looks at Jesus because you've been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. He sees you as something amazing. Rejoice. Praise God for this gift. And maybe you think that's cool, um, but it still feels a little hollow because you're like, well, I, I like that God declares me righteous. I like that he sees me as righteous, but you know deep down inside, like he sees me as righteous. He declares me as righteous, but I'm not righteous. And you, you know that when God says, hey, you're awesome, it's like kind of out of pity a little bit. Like you kind of feel that in a, in a sense. And you're like, you know, it's cool and I appreciate it, but what I really want is I want to actually just be awesome. I have good news for you because <laughs> this work that God started he's going to bring to completion and he's going to finish it so that you are going to become someone something amazing something astounding he's going to conform you to the image of Jesus you get that he's going to glorify you in a way where he's going to look at you and say you're awesome not simply because he declares you to be awesome because he's going to actually turn you into something truly astounding can you rejoice in the Lord and praise God for this spiritual blessing that we have in Christ Jesus and it gets even better because he's not just making you amazing he's making everything amazing because this old way of life this pain the struggle that we deal with the fatigue the frustration all of that Man, that's, that's all passing away. 
He's making a new heaven and a new earth, this new kingdom where King Jesus is going to reign. And all of those things that as you go throughout your day, you're like, that's not the way it's supposed to be. One day it's gonna be exactly as it's supposed to be. And you're gonna be amazing and it's gonna be amazing and the people around you are gonna be amazing. Yeah, can we rejoice and praise God that he is making all things new? And he's given you this new status, right? You've you've spent your entire life as a lowly human being. And maybe you've gotten ahead of some other human beings. Uh, Maybe you've gotten trampled by other human beings. But you've just kind of been a human being doing human being things. But already, God is starting to raise you up and he's seated you next to Jesus. You have a seat next to Jesus. Like you have a seat at the table with the heavenly father And one day, you, lowly you, who maybe right now you feel powerless, you feel like you are just, you know, you're ruled by your boss, or you feel like you're ruled by your addictions, or you feel like you're ruled by your kid's schedule, or you just feel like you have no power. You, who feel powerless one day, you're going to rule over the angels. That's where you're headed. Can we rejoice and praise God that he's given us this new status in Christ Jesus? Thank you. He's also given you his spirit. The very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. You who feel alone. You who feel like Nobody quite gets you. You who feels like maybe there's just this, this distance between you and everybody else that you can't quite explain. God has sent his Holy Spirit upon you, not to just dwell alongside of you, though he does that, not to dwell behind you, though he does go behind you, and not just to kind of go ahead of you and lead you, though he does that too, but he says that he has sent his Spirit to dwell within you. That God's very presence is in you right now. And there is nothing that can take his spirit away from you. Can we rejoice that God and his love has made you to be a temple of the living God. A house for his Holy Spirit. These are just some of the spiritual blessings that we have in Jesus. This isn't even all of them, but this is good. This is a good start. It's been so good to us. And there's nothing that can, can tamper with these gifts. I want to encourage you to pull out uh, the communion elements. And if you want to pull out that piece of bread that's in the, the lid there. When Jesus came, he he said that he's the bread of life. He's the one who sustains everything and he sustains us. He's the one who, who sustains us, not just to get by, but he sustains us by giving us these amazing gifts. He sustains us for the best. And as you, you take this bread and you eat this bread, I want you to just be reminded and give praise to God for every good gift 
that you have in Christ Jesus. good gifts they're offered freely but we know that they weren't free right Jesus paid for each and every one of these spiritual blessings he paid for them with his life that before the creation of the world the reason God was able to think about you and call you his own choose you as his own before the creation of the world is because before the creation of the world when it was just the Trinity, when it's just Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, already, already Jesus had made up in his mind that he was gonna go to the cross for you. Before the creation of the world, he had his mind set on the cross. The reason that you get to be his prized possession is because Jesus was forsaken. You get to be an indispensable part of the body of Christ because Jesus' body was crushed for you. You get to be a child of God because God the Father gave up his only begotten son for you. You get to be a friend because Jesus absorbed every ounce of the wrath of God for you. You get to be his bride because Jesus washed you in his precious blood. You get to be forgiven because Jesus paid for every charge on the cross. You get the righteousness of Christ because he traded his righteousness for your sinfulness. You get to be something amazing because Jesus became something despised and rejected. You get to come into Jesus' amazing new kingdom because Jesus gave up his throne for you. You get to rule over angels because the king of kings humbled himself to become obedient to death, even death on a cross for you. And you get to have his spirit within you Because when Jesus rose from the dead and he returned to the Father, he was still thinking about you. And his first act was to have the Spirit poured out upon you. Such amazing gifts that we have in Christ. Purchased through his blood. Praise God for loving us that way. Drink of this, all of you. This is the table of remembrance. Right? Jesus gave us a symbol to remember because forgetting is natural. It's as natural as complaining. Forgetting the good is so natural. And here is this this invitation to remember these gifts that he's purchased for you. I want to invite you to stand as we rejoice in the Lord. And I want you to just keep in mind all of these gifts, the the spiritual blessings, the earthly blessings, just let them flood into mind as we rejoice in the Lord. If you enjoyed the sermon, want to learn more about Jesus, or get to know our community, please visit beacon.church to get connected. We would love to hear from you.